Look, he's coming in the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. Amen. God's word for our sermon today, for All Saints Sunday, is from the very first gospel, from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is God's word. Please be seated. My dear fellow believers in Jesus, dear fellow saints of God, imagine you're a soldier who's been captured behind enemy lines so that now you're an inmate in a large prisoner of war camp, one of thousands of prisoners. Well, the prison camp functions like a little city. It has its own economy with cigarettes as the medium of exchange. And as you settle into prison life in the camp, you see that different inmates, they're approaching life in the prison differently. I mean, the more compliant you are, the more you go with the flow, the more you just shut your mouth and follow along with everyone else, well, the easier time you have of it. That's why some of the prisoners are model prisoners, you know. They obey the guards. They follow their rules without question. In fact, these model prisoners do all they can to ingratiate themselves to the guards, to suck up to them. Huh? They do little chores for the guards, shine their boots, brush their uniforms, let the guards know about the troublemakers in the camp. huh? And because they do that, they get all kinds of rewards. Lighter work details. Little extra food. Positions of authority. Less scrutiny from the guards. And extra cigarettes. Because this is the way things work there, 
the prison camp has come to possess a whole culture of its own. We could call them camp values. Now, in camp values, the money that you had in your pocket when you were captured, worthless. Hmm? What counts now is cigarettes. Loyalty to the home country, loyalty and compassion for your fellow prisoners, that gets punished. Loyalty to the prison system, looking out for yourself, that gets rewarded. For all of those who accept camp values, life on the outside doesn't exist anymore. Do you get the picture? Do you see how this describes us Christians living in a world that's a lot like a prison camp with camp values? Camp values take our scripture text for the day, flip it on its end. They make it sound like this. Blessed are those who boast and brag about all they can do. They're proud of themselves. Blessed are the pushy and the arrogant, for everyone gets out of their way. Blessed are those who put themselves first. They get what they want. More cigarettes. Blessed are those who proclaim critical race theory and who promise to, uh, who promote transgender ideology. Why, they're considered brilliant, tolerant, inclusive, and they're the elites in society. Blessed are those who push defiance and rebellion against authority. They're the ones who get things done in the world. Blessed are the impure in heart, those who parade their immorality before the world on reality TV shows and out there in the social media. Why? We owe them a huge debt of gratitude. Blessed are you when the world sees you as no threat at all, when you simply go along to get along. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward right here, right now. The prisoners, the inmates, <laughs> that's you and that's me, the disciples of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, we're prisoners because we're trapped in a world that's not our home, breathing a culture that's not our culture and exposed to values that are not our values. We're prisoners because we're living in a sort of bizarro world where everything is upside down and it's contrary to the way our God says he wants it to be in his word. And so in our world, evil is called good and good is called evil. And no good deed ever goes unpunished. Marriage between two men? Eh, that's thought to be the normal way people Live marriage between two women. Eh, that's considered okay, right? Living together before marriage, shacking up, right? That's, that's the normal way people date these days, right? 
boasting and bragging about all your accomplishments. That's the norm in life. Using profanities, curse words, saying whatever you think, whatever comes into your head, that's considered freedom of speech. And taking advantage of a situation to push yourself forward, that's simply how society functions. Now, if you doubt that these are the values of this world, and we don't, right? But if you doubt that these are the values of the prison camp, look what happened when somebody came into the world who taught differently, somebody who lived differently, and somebody who treated other people differently. Think about it. Who was more poor in spirit than our Lord Jesus Christ? Who mourned more the damage that sin has done than the Lord Jesus Christ? Who was more meek, more merciful, more hungry and thirsting after righteousness than the Lord Jesus Christ? And who cared less about what those in power thought about him than the Lord Jesus Christ? But he had all the time in the world for the guilt-ridden and for the sad, the diseased people, and the social outcasts, the, the down-and-out people of society. And who was more of a peacemaker with God and a peacemaker with fellow human beings than our Lord Jesus Christ? But unlike the scene in Cool Hand Luke, with Christ there was no failure to communicate. Oh no, Jesus spoke the truth. And he spoke it clearly. He told the people that the ones on top, you know, the elitists, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious experts, he told them that they were closer to hell than the hookers and the prostitutes. He told the people that all their religiosity, all their rule-keeping, all their, their man-made righteousness, that was all worthless. And what they really needed was forgiveness for all their sins. He told people he was the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world, and that that included Gentiles just as much as the Jews. He told the people to get their hearts clean with God's gospel here on the inside for a genuineness there, and that the outside would take care of itself. He told the people they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood, which simply means they had to make him the center of their universe and their center for living if they ever wanted to get any kind of meaning out of life. Oh, Jesus turned life in the prison camp upside down with this truth. And what did it get him? You know the story, don't you? The prison guards had no choice. They had to come down on him. And come down on him they did. And they came down on him hard, huh? They arrested him. They put him on trial. And they found him guilty. They spit on him. They whipped him. They beat him. Yeah, they crucified him. And they made sure that he was dead. And then they buried him into a tomb. And they thought, that's the end of that. 
that's the way this Jesus wanted to play the game? Well, that's what he gets. Blessed are the meek. Indeed. Thank goodness we got rid of him. Except they didn't. They didn't get rid of him. Jesus' death wasn't the end of him. Oh no, on the third day in the grave, he came back to life and appeared to his disciples. He burst out of that death prison and he showed himself alive to his disciples and then after 40 days ascended back into heaven where he now fills the whole universe. And Jesus now rules this whole universe for the sake of his precious gospel. In fact, right now, Jesus is gathering his forces Jesus is preparing for his own D-Day. And on that day, some call it the last day or judgment day, huh? Jesus is going to appear in the clouds and every eye will see him. And the graves of all people of all time will open up and dead bodies will come back to life. And every single individual who's ever lived will stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. On that day, the tormentors of Jesus and the tormentors of God's people will find out that their world has been turned upside down. And they'll be running for their lives, for this world has suddenly become too small for them. And the barbed wire will come down and the world will disappear with a roar and prison camp values and prison camp culture will just be a fading memory as bizarro world comes to an end. For on Judgment Day, we Christian saints will be back on the outside where we belong. We will have rejoined our brothers and our sisters, our husbands and our wives, our fathers and our mothers, and all our dear Christian friends. We'll join the saints triumphant, all of those who have already broken out of the prison camp, and they're on the outside right now just waiting for us. People like Abraham and Jacob and Moses and David and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John. And we'll gather together with those Christians who were eaten by the lions and those Christians who were burned at the stake and those Christians who died with the love of Jesus in their hearts and the love of Jesus on their lips. And all of God's people of all time will be together forever. It will be a tremendous day of victory and a wonderful eternity of joy when that happens. That's because instead of a camp, there will be a kingdom. And instead of camp values, there will be kingdom values. And instead of camp life, there will be kingdom life. And it will be forever and ever with our God. Treachery, intimidation, selfishness, perversion, that will be banished from kingdom life forever. This will be a world where good is not called evil and evil is not called good, but rather this will be a world where good is called good and where everybody knows that cigarettes aren't the purpose of life. Eh, they're just cigarettes, huh? 
And this will be a world where everyone knows that the one who dies with the most toys, he doesn't win. He's just dead. And this will be a world where the one who wins the rat race, he isn't the winner. He's just a rat. Above all else, this kingdom, heaven, this will be a kingdom where we won't have to elbow our way in by shoving somebody else aside. Heaven will be a world where we don't climb to the top by stepping on someone else. It'll be a world where you don't have to spend all your time looking out for old number one. A world where you don't have to prove that you belong for Jesus has already earned this life for us free of charge before we ever appeared on the scene. See, he won it all for us with his perfect life in our place and then his innocent death in our place and his resurrection from the dead proves that it is ours forever. Yeah, we will belong in heaven because our Jesus gives us free admission there, does it all by his grace, huh? It's his gift to us, his gift to you and to me and to all believers. And so Jesus says, fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. <laughs> oh, remember this truth. Yeah, remember it always, but especially remember it on this All Saints Sunday. Blessed are the prisoners. Now, if all this is true, and if Judgment Day and the kingdom, if they're on the way, and if Jesus really has one place for us in heaven, and it's all there, just waiting for us, and if we know that our heroes from the past, our loved ones who believed in Jesus, if we know that they're already there, and if the time is drawing closer and closer for our weeping to turn to dancing and our fears to turn to joy, and if that day is coming soon, and we can even notice that the guards in the prison camp, they look a little nervous once in a while. Huh? If all this is true, and it most certainly is, wouldn't that make all the difference in the world for us right now and how we live? Because if we know that Jesus' return is sure and certain, and it's coming soon, then wouldn't we live our daily lives with this eternity in mind? Then wouldn't we live every day knowing how foolish it is to make this life the be-all and the end-all for everything? Then, then wouldn't we live every day rejoicing in the fact that heaven is ours right now and eternity is just around the corner? Oh yes, blessed are the prisoners. For if we believe that Bible truth, and we do, no matter what kind of work detail we happen to pull now in the present, no matter what kind of abuse the prison guards out there heap on us in this life, and no matter what the prison cramp camp tries to you know, shove under our noses as something to accept, every so often the guards will notice that there's a little smirk on our faces, a smirk that nothing they do or the prison camp can ever do to wipe away. In fact, every so often, 
and especially on days like today, All Saints Sunday, the prison guards are going to catch us singing. Amen. Please stand.